0: Hey folks, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Here we are, episode number 15 of Our Kids Asleep.
1: Episode 16, silly.
0: What? Silly goose. What are you talking about? It's episode 16. Okay, okay. I guess uh, I guess you're spot on. Well, we wanted to welcome you folks either way to our brand new uh, setup here that we have in the kitchen. We're in the, uh, what would you call it? Do we have a name for this?
1: It's Studio Dining Room. <laughs>
0: studio dining area it'll it's lovely everyone's gonna come along and have a great time but we're still kind of recovering from the last podcast that we did which was i think a really really big hit we were just kind of experimenting a lot and
1: yeah it was pretty epic it was a lot of a lot of people Mm -hmm. but it made it really fun and just like a lot of energy yeah when it's just the two of us it's it's pretty mellow i mean we get worked up sometimes but
0: I thought it was a blast. I mean, I mean definitely the um, the logic went out the window a little bit, mm. but I kind of like that. I like that it was kind of boisterous and, and a good time. So I think we should make it a tradition. Like, every now and then, we should have a group of people come on and actually have it be a very lively kind of uh, fun environment.
1: Yeah, maybe less, like, structured. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like that we kind of went off the rails yeah. a little bit.
0: Because and- it was a pretty organic thing, too. Like, we started out just, you know, our friends came over. We had a little dinner, and... It was it was a great time, and that suddenly kind of segued into doing a podcast episode, so I thought that was really, really awesome. Yeah, that was fun. And I love the way it feels, too. Here in, in the kitchen, I mean, it's more immediate, and you're not slouching on the couch like yeah. how we were doing it before, so it was... Falling asleep. Yeah. Man, some of those first episodes where we were trying to find our footing mm-hmm. with it, I felt like I was going to start no. fucking snoring.
1: Guys, don't podcast from the couch. I know yeah. some people do it successfully, but... I yeah. don't know. It makes me too sleepy.
0: <laughs> don't be sleepy mm-hmm. doing your shows. But we were going to talk about three things tonight. We we're going to toast to a few things. Uh, what's item number one on the list? Because you shared some really, really exciting news with me this afternoon.
1: Yeah. Um, I just found out that Amazon
0: mm-hmm. sells
1: tiny houses. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew they sold everything, but apparently now they're breaking into the
0: housing market and selling houses. Yeah, it's the future, man. I think we're gonna we're gonna be getting. I don't know. What do you think? Like two or three of those fucking things, and then just (laughs) setting them out here in the backyard and make some money.
1: I guess it's possible. Airbnb, man. Yeah, I found this People article, which I know people, gross, but um, (laughs) the title of the article says, Amazon's viral tiny house sold out instantly. Here are five others that are bound to sell out soon. So, essentially, there was this tiny house that was very, like, it went viral. Yeah on the internet people lost their shit and, and what was it. that
0: what was the the model can you give me a breakdown of what that thing um, was
1: um let's see amazon amazon's hottest ticket item right now is the owlwood Solvala studio cabin kit a diy backyard guest house that you can build in just eight hours if you have some help that is and it's a 172 square foot wooden home which retails for seven thousand two hundred and fifty dollars
0: Man, I got to tell you, that's that's pretty sleek that's looking. That's amazing. Too. Like, yeah,
1: that's incredible.
0: I took a a look at some of the images that that you shared with me, and it's pretty laid back. I mean, it, it's like a it looks like a, a very little, livable yeah, place. It looks, it
1: looks like a little pool house. Yeah, and it could hi Phoebe.
0: Phoebe just came in to say hi. She's uh, rubbing she, herself all over our yeah. microphone gear. So yeah. you better get down. Get down, Belly. Come get on. down, dude. Come on. Go, go, go. You're killing me. Go. No okay
1: um (laughs) yeah so i don't know why this kind of took me off guard for some reason it's it makes sense that amazon would sell houses yeah why the hell
0: not yeah but what took you off guard about it why why were you surprised Um, about it i don't know oh phoebe get the hell out of here dude she wants to lay in my lap yeah it's all right we got a lot of cables we need to work on our cable management yeah okay she just
1: stays here it'll be okay yeah um I don't I don't know what took me off what took me off guard about it. I think it was just I, th- I think it's interesting because we're sort of just leaving that well not just but leaving that era of like the early 20th century where you could literally order a house out of a catalog. Yeah. Those
0: Sears Sears the the robot Sears ca- Roebuck catalogs. Yeah, yeah, where
1: you 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 order the kit
0: and it came to it, you by train. Like yeah. you had to live, like that was a, a requirement, like you had to live close to the railroad so that they would be able to drop it off right there and you'd be able to take it right. to your plot of land and so, then put that shit together.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And there's a lot of, um, that's always kind of been something, not not necessarily the fact that you put it together yourself, but those craftsman homes, Yeah, a lot of them were, were those Sears Roebuck homes. Mm-hmm. And I love those. But anyway, I mean, I just think it's funny that, that we've somehow come back to that Like, in sort of a more modern, you know, Amazon's about the most modern thing. It's the most, like, flagship thing about modern life is Amazon. Is Amazon
0: having something immediately at your doorstep, even if it's another doorstep that you're ordering.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's just, like, you know, the immediacy of it, the the accessibility of it, the the, uh, inexpensiveness of the items on the website. Like, it's all just, like... It Amazon is the future.
0: Yeah, and it makes you feel like sky's the limit because yeah. somebody in those boardrooms is asking, "Well, why not houses?" Right. They, you know, it was possible before. Why not now? When we have everything at our fingertips, yeah. It's tremendous. It's just,
1: it was, it was reading that headline. It was just like, whoa! Like we're here now. Yeah, like we're ordering homes off the internet and right. building them ourselves.
0: And soon enough, you will order babies and you will order <laughs> like genetic materials or or things that you can 3d print yeah like if you want to buy better dna for your for your you know future children yeah you can definitely do that probably in another 50 years i think that'd be great why not yeah this uh i think secretly there's a transhumanist in me that just really wants to be half robot yeah i'm really hoping for that i'm not well versed in the in the technological um implications of that but Mm. you know it's so cool. I'll end up like that dumbass who got uh, that that self-made um, monitor embedded in his in his forearm. Do you remember? No. It was one of those Vice documentaries, but they were talking about how this dude, he, you know, he was a computer guy, so he had this belief that he was on his way to becoming like half machine, mm. and he wanted to have uh, a piece of equipment, pretty much embedded into his forearm so that he could monitor his heart rate and sort of his vitals and have have that be accessible on his app Mm -hmm. uh, on his phone and sure enough that like nobody would do it in the United States he had to go to um, I think somewhere in Scandinavia to get it done and sure enough that dude came out of that doctor's office with this just fucking block just like in there Mm -hmm. in his in his person and I guess I hope that he was he is still alive cuz I don't know if that was going to cause some kind of poisoning yeah. or whatever but well, anyway transhumanism
1: Well they do stuff like that all the time with like pacemakers
0: and yeah but this is something that the dude made in his house oh okay. like this wasn't it's not like, 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 a, like a medical piece of equipment. no no it was just something that the dude wanted inside of himself yeah so
1: and all the doctors here are like, uh-uh. you're like
0: um, no that shit is crazy it's like signing up for a mouth mel- like no but i put mel- it in a baggie you know it's in a ziploc baggie <laughs> it'll sterile, be okay it's fine phoebe just planted herself mm-hmm. right on top she perched herself right on top of our our interface mm-hmm. i apologize if there's some uh Ambient, <laughs> some ambient sound or purring. purring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but coming back to the houses, it's it's a peculiar thing because it is more of a commodity than it's ever been before. You know, a home is is like an essential thing, but now it's com. What do you call it? Like commoditized,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where it's just like an extra thing. Oh, so you want another house? Just tack it on there. Mm. You know, and seven thousand dollars is doable for people.
1: I think I don't know what people are using these houses for if they're, you know, doing like the shed quarters thing where it's like an extra office or if it's like they're renting it to people like, don't get me started.
0: Don't get me started (laughs) on shed quarters. (laughs) I know know it's like, yeah, it's the dream dream. place.
1: I'm wondering if it's like, um, if it's like our generation's answer to homeownership. I'm hoping that's not the case. (laughs)
0: I'm, I'm certain that that is the case. I'm
1: hoping that people are buying these and like building them in their parents back. Well, you
0: think about this. There's folks who are coming out of college who can't find a job in their oversaturated market that they studied in. Mm. They're ending up working 10 bucks an hour, you know, being a, a cook or, you know, even 850 here in the great state of Wyoming. And you have to make do. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have dreams just because you make a shitty amount of money doesn't mean that you don't ever want to own a home. Yeah. They're, they're just trying to live within their means. So if that means getting a $7,000 home in your parents' uh, lot or something, um, then people are going to make that happen because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's the, the realm that they live in.
1: Yeah, so, well, the, the tiny home thing is not new. I mean, the tiny home has been around a long time, but yeah, I just don't know that the Amazon angle is... The Amazon angle, I think, is new.
0: Yeah, but they're they're pandering to those people. Mm -hmm. They're definitely creating that because they know that there is a market that needs it. Mm -hmm. There are individuals who are dreaming of being homeowners. There are people who really, really want to own a home and have that kind of independence. Mm -hmm. And that, in a way, is still making it happen within their means. And, of course, there's like the minimalist people who probably have a shit ton of money, but they are looking to do something on a smaller scale that will have a smaller footprint Mm -hmm. and that will make them feel like, Less guilty about the resources that they're taking up, and that's another market too. Yeah. But just from uh, Amazon's perspective, like they're already, you have those two markets where they're like, we can make some money off of this. And clearly, it will be did. profitable. Yeah. Sure enough. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of disgraceful that that's the state of the world, and kind of the state that we're living in is that that's the highest that some people can shoot for. Yeah. Not because they they want to, but because they they don't have a choice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's fucking crazy, man. Mm-hmm. But let, let me get started on these shed quarters. The mm-hmm. one thing, and this is how I don't realize my privilege. I don't realize how privileged I am until I start daydreaming about shed quarters. Mm-hmm. We have a home, right? We're in a decent position. You know, we worked fairly hard to get to where we are. We are barely working class people mm-hmm. wouldn't you say yeah and now i'm at the we've, point where we've
1: clawed our way into yeah the, yeah into because the middle cl- trust me guys
0: class, i don't think but w- we have been broke ass mm-hmm. and i think we're we're kind of at that point where we're, we start to long for for the next step mm-hmm. and i i see those homes and especially did i t- do you remember what i tell you whenever we drive past the uh the place that sells the sheds yeah where the auto dealer used to be yeah I see those and I have this, this weird daydream illusion that I'll be able to buy one of those and just plop it somewhere in my backyard and I'll be able to just kind of sit there and think about my life and then have, have like a little desk where I'll be able to ruminate on things <laughs> and then I'll be able to just like take the guitar and just kind of strum like the three or four chords that I know and just kind of yell and, and have my private space. Mm-hmm. And that is the most indulgent thing. I already have a home. There's no need. There's no need for me to do that. There's no need for me to desire that. But why the hell, you know, I point at it. I roll down the window and I yell at it like <laughs> it's going to come home with me. Shedquarters, you're coming with me. Yeah. So, what's the problem?
1: Well, it's isn't a little bit of like a like a like a aspirational sort of like Yeah. you know, everybody kind of wants to be like Ernest Hemingway or you know yeah. other authors well, that sort of isolated themselves in order to create, yeah art, yeah you know? that, I mean, that could
0: be it it could be that angle, but I'm just i think I think you're right because now that I think about it arthur i I have that Arthur Miller thing that I'm obsessed with like wanting to go and and build a cabin with my bare fucking hands. <laughs> I think that's the most like romanticized thing that yeah. any author has ever done. He said, I'm not going to write Death of a Salesman until I've built this cabin. So he went out and it was like, not that far from his home. Like he already had a home in his family, but he just went up the hill and he's like, I'm going to build this cabin. Mm -hmm. And so he set about doing it. It took him, I don't know, I think a couple of weeks or something. And by the time he got done, he shut himself in there and he pretty much wrote Death of a Salesman in like the span of three or four days incredible like he was he was screaming the last lines as he was reading it coming to an end like covered in sweat and just screaming the last words because there was this agony that he was trying to to put on paper and bring to life
1: but do you see how that story (laughs) <laughs> it's just a complete mythology. Like
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there and the person who retold it probably wasn't there either. Yeah. But it's it's that mythos that, that we really just kind of want to hold on to as, as storytellers. But, but there's
1: a lot of those. There's a lot of yeah. those like those but, those those elevated stories of creative people like yeah. like that that yeah. you know people cling to when they're looking yeah. at shed quarters.
0: Yeah. But the thing that the observation that you made that really sticks with me right now is that I think I desire that specific space that has its own name. And it's pretty much like just for the writing, just Mm -hmm. for that. Because I don't think we have that space here yet in, in the house. But that's something that I think comes from a long time ago, from just the fact that ever since I was a kid, I never had a place where I could retreat mm-hmm. and be an artist. Like it was always kind of in front of people mm-hmm. and I had to figure it out. Like I was in the living room while everybody was watching the novella, the soap opera, and I had to, I don't know, just fucking do my thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always been this desire to have that little space, mm-hmm. that that corner where I could just focus on, on the quote-unquote craft. Mm-hmm. But when I see shed quarters, it's like, it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I've been looking for. And you're like, my voice of reason telling me, like, dude, you have a house. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that shit.
1: Well, we finished the basement.
0: Yeah, that's and and that's what we dream about. We This is how working class we are. We're like, <laughs> one day we'll finish the basement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or one day I will learn the skills and trades to finish my own goddamn basement. But that's a lot of work. Yeah. That's not how I'm built.
1: Probably just hire somebody. Yeah. Down the road. That is a struggle. But anyway, tiny houses on Amazon it's a thing.
0: Yeah. So would you if you had ten thousand bucks to burn, would you get a tiny house?
1: No. That wouldn't be the first thing on my mind to buy with ten thousand okay. dollars.
0: What would be the first thing on your mind? Like that you would get if you had ten grand to spare?
1: Mm. Um, I don't know.
0: Would it be a fancy car? Well, you can't get shit for $10,000 now. No. No, it wouldn't be a car. Would you go on vacation?
1: Yeah, maybe. Quite possibly? Yeah. Yeah? Take our son to Disneyland. You could definitely do that with $10,000. Yeah. It'd be cutting it close, but yeah, you could do
0: it. <laughs> you would buy one ticket.
1: God. <laughs> Disneyland tickets are absurd. Yeah.
0: We've been we've been looking at that now that uh um, we, we're going to have some money coming in probably in the next year we want to make that a thing where we want to go on a family trip to Disneyland. Cause we haven't really had anything like that for him. And I think it would be really incredible for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've gone on family trips, but not like that. Not, yeah. not just for the sake of vacationing.
0: Yeah. For shits and giggles. You know, like, so what was, is that? We're
1: like, we visit family or, <clears throat> you know, when we go to oyster Ridge, that's for work. Right. It's like a working vacation. So it'd be nice to actually do something where it's, the sole purpose of the trip is vacation.
0: Right. And before we get further into vacations, because I know that we wanted to talk about vacations here on the second part of it, what do you say to thinking about tiny tiny houses. houses?
1: Yeah, I'll think to that. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you know, Amazon's the devil and stuff,
0: but... Oh, whatever. You know. It'll be okay. Thanks, Jeff. But speaking of vacations i think that uh you have some updates and and i think i had this really good idea but you introduce what you're going to be doing this weekend
1: oh i'm uh i'm flying to iowa to visit my best friend
0: Ooh, fancy yeah, yeah. iowa
1: the great state of iowa <laughs> what
0: what is in iowa other than friendship corn <laughs> corn. Isn't there corn yeah lots yeah. of corn soy um, soy
1: um the iowa state fair the most famous, or like the biggest one in the country. Is that
0: going to be happening while you're there? No. No? Ah, uh, damn it. That's no, in August. I thought they would have like fried shit and like you'd be able they to. They do, but yeah.
1: not and not till August.
0: Okay, we're going to have Samantha take you to one of those places mm-hmm. so you can have that delicious shit. Yeah. Yeah, vacations are incredibly important and we're lucky that we were able to take them.
1: Yeah, and it'll, it'll be nice to, to see her and to see a place I've never been yeah and,
0: yeah now you can say you've crossed another state off your yeah. off your list, That'd so be cool. let's talk about something that we saw recently that I think really merits uh merits uh, a conversation
1: yeah uh we watched the documentary on Netflix called Knock down the House It's a documentary um about four women who decide to run for Office in their mm-hmm. in their home states. Yeah, the four women are Paula Jean engine from West Virginia, mm-hmm. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez from New York, Amy, mm, her last name's difficult. It's like Vilela or something. Amy Villela? Villela, yeah. yeah, from Nevada, yeah. and Corey Bush from Missouri. Right. And each of these women decided to run against an incumbent uh senator or uh representative
0: right somebody who was already in the system somebody who was already in the
1: system um in a few of those cases they were incumbent incumbents of the same party so they were running against other democrats Mm -hmm. um i don't think that was the case in west virginia i think she was running against a republican But in the other three states, they were running against incumbent
0: Democrats. Yeah. So first reactions about this documentary what what really sticks out like just upon first watching it because we've only seen it once, but it was it was recent enough. Well, you you saw it twice, but what was the immediate reaction that you got off of this uh, documentary?
1: Um, I felt it's it's equally empowering and infuriating and sad. The driving force behind these women running a lot of the time is is feeling like they're not they're not being represented. Yeah, well, they you know people like them are not mm-hmm. being represented.
0: Yeah, um, and and it struck me as as them having uh, just being completely bombarded by by tragedy and desperation and not knowing what to do. And I think um, Ocasio-Cortez kind of said it best when, when she said that line, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah. Because yeah. we all talk about it. We're all desperate. We're all angry and upset about the system and how it runs against the working class people. Mm-hmm. But the working class people are really good at bitching about the situation, but never really going up in arms about something. And that, I think, is... Incredibly valiant, what she did.
1: I think the the big thing that I think working class people feel they don't have is power. Mm-hmm. And watching this documentary, you're sort of seeing the beginnings of people taking back power, or mm-hmm. at least trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, standing up against these big wig established. Mm -hmm. politician career politicians Mm -hmm. you know the person the man that ocasio cortez ran against had been in office for like 15 years unopposed unopposed
0: and he didn't even fucking
1: live in new york yeah he lived in virginia that's
0: a shit that i feel is so disgraceful man
1: oh and he wasn't even elected he wasn't elected the first time (laughs) he was chosen through a loophole in the new york election law Right. So it's that kind of stuff that is infuriating, you know, and there was also a lot of like emotional things in the documentary, emotional reasons why these women were running, you know, like the woman from West Virginia, you know, she's basically watching her entire state get ransacked by the coal industry.
0: That was so terrifying. You know,
1: like they're, digging up the appalachian mountains mm-hmm. they're the the miners are are dropping like flies from yeah. cancer. there's cancer everywhere cancer and yeah. she drove down the street in her hometown and she was pointing at almost every house she drove by mm-hmm. and was saying that person had cancer that person's cousin had cancer yeah it was just it's incredible and you know she said that west virginia is the sickest and the poorest state and you know it's just stuff like that 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 was driving her yeah.
0: to to run and it's infuriating upon first watch you look at that and it's so infuriating mm-hmm. to to witness and you said something that was very poignant regarding where we are as a state here in Wyoming mm. and you look at what's happening there in your and you said this yourself
1: yeah i pretty much said west virginia is wyoming's future
0: yeah Give it twenty if, years, thirty years. If
1: we keep going the way we're going, that's what's going yeah. to happen to us.
0: And if we don't diversify, yeah. our industries yeah. and our revenue sources, that's exactly what it's going to look like. Yep. Because the 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 f- stronghold that these very few companies have on on that economy, on that state's economy, you know, the moment they go under, it's the end of it. They jump
1: ship. They yeah. Don't give
0: a shit. And they will always will well. We we saw just now Cloud Peak just, yep. you know, filed for bankruptcy mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, and, it's the beginning.
1: And, you know, the, the representative from, I think it was the senator that she was running against, the senator in West Virginia was, mm-hmm. you know, like taking huge amounts of money and assets from the coal industry. And, you know, it's the same thing here. I mean, our representatives are yeah. completely paid off yeah. by the oil and coal industries. I mean, well, you
0: see, yeah,
1: you know, that's. That's where they get their money. Yeah, you know, and they don't represent us; they <laughs> represent those companies. They represent the energy,
0: yeah, energy and, industry. And I love that um, the they have done such a great job at creating these these bipartisan divides that it's so easy for anyone who claims to be red to come into the state and win. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Cheney.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, Liz Cheney. Yeah.
0: Liz Cheney. Right, mm-hmm. she fucking comes in here, doesn't even live here, nope. and and but everyone, because
1: her last name is Cheney, exactly, exactly. she gets fucking sixty percent of the vote. She
0: doesn't have to do or say anything. Nope. She doesn't even have to come to town hall meetings. Nope. She is a guaranteed winner. And now there's word that because uh, our our rep Enzi is going to be retiring,
1: yeah, Senator Enzi,
0: Bannon was trying to supposedly trying to get uh, Trump Jr. to run.
1: Steve Bannon. What the fuck is Steve Bannon he's, doing? He's just
0: trying Meddling to... Meddling in our state politics. Well, that's the thing is they saw it as such a cheap opportunity, an easy opportunity to just go in and just get into politics. Mm-hmm. Just because you're a Trump, just because Wyoming is like a perfect breeding ground for these like dynasties mm-hmm. that they can just come in and get a vote. But Well, to, you,
1: to be fair our state is the most trump friendly state in the union so
0: yeah yeah
1: you know unfortunately there is a good possibility that he could win yeah even though it's i don't given. like to even though i don't I like to admit God. that
0: yeah i, I will like, say it on the show right yeah. now if he decides to run for that seat he will win yeah because that's that's the population i that mean we i have. like
1: to think that that if someone like cynthia lummis were to run for that seat against someone like Trump Jr., that she would win just mm-hmm. by the sheer fact that she's from Wyoming right. and that she's been our representative before. Yeah, but I don't know that that would be the case.
0: Yeah, but then they would say, "Oh, well, we've always had some property here in Wyoming, yeah, and blah blah blah, yeah. and we come here to Saratoga every mm-hmm. three months or something." Mm-hmm. I and I bet you that's why they're doing it. They're like coming, like the the Kushner's. The uh, Jared and and Ivanka Mm -hmm. Kushners.
1: (laughs) Were they here?
0: Yeah, they've been to Saratoga like twice in the last eight months or Mm ten months or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's peculiar timing because slowly but surely that could be a potential thing that one would do if they're looking to establish the persona that they have ties to Wyoming. Mm. They're coming to their little getaways Mm -hmm. here. I hate this. I, I do hate this, but let's go back to the movie. Let's go back to the yeah. the empowering, exciting things about Knock Down the House.
1: Yeah. Um, so, spoiler alert. If you don't know how this ends, just stop just listening. skip over this. Um, but if you've been paying attention and you know how those elections went, you know that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was the only one of the four to actually win against that incumbent. Right. And considering what she was up against and considering how the other elections went for those other women, Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty incredible that she got anywhere close to what she did. Yeah. Um, You know, it's... The other elections pretty much ended up the way our elections did when people tried to run against Liz Cheney. Yeah. Um, you know, there were, there was a couple Democrats, there was at least one Democrat and a Libertarian that ran against Liz Cheney in the last midterm election. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was about a 60-30 split. And in those other states, um, or 60-40. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in those three other states, West Virginia, Nevada, and uh, Missouri... That was about how much they lost by yeah against the incumbents
0: right but um, but the important thing that to note is that it is a joint movement it 's not just the fact that they were in it for one person to win i mean i'm sure that the the people who were running in their particular state were doing it to win because they believed that they could, mm-hmm. but on a general scale on a larger scale, it became more about the the movement mm-hmm. and how that started to influence the other states mm-hmm. and when you see ocasio cortez the the way that i like to think about it is that they all won because she won
1: right and she does say that she said for for anything to change a hundred of us have to run in order for one of us to get through yeah you know and she just happened to be that one that got through yeah. and they are uh, most of these women were members of the justice democrats um, what was the other,
0: new Congress or Congress now? Brand or? new Congress. Brand I new Congress was, was the other. Com- yeah. Um, yeah group. Um,
1: which is basically just groups that are striving to get money out of politics. Mm-hmm. None of these people took money from corporations or super PACs. Um, and that was a huge, that's a huge issue.
0: Yeah. And if you look at the obstacles too, because for one, obviously the money is, is a huge, huge factor, but, the way that it's been rigged Mm -hmm. to favor those with copious amounts of money and full investment from corporations is so blatant in in this movie. Like, There's that instance where the ladies who were organizers, community organizers, were helping the Ocasio-Cortez campaign, and they were telling her, they're going to check you on this shit. You need to collect these signatures and more if you want to actually be deemed eligible Mm -hmm. to be on the ballot. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing that it's a maneuver where they they do sh- little shit like that where they try to beat you down so mm-hmm. that the battle is not worth it.
1: yeah the more red tape they put up, the more obstacles they put in your way mm-hmm. you know it just it's meant to discourage you it's meant to discourage people like her from doing what she did yeah, and she just happened to be able to push through them
0: yeah, and they were all very unlikely political figures. Yeah. And that's what I really, the, the striking thing about the mo- the documentary was that they were coming from such a different place. And it was so removed from what they were coming up against that I really was hoping that they would all win. Yeah. I was really rooting for them. Not because, you know, of course, they were interesting characters, you know, that we were observing, but as human beings, they're putting up a fight. And you see the situations that they're in, you realize. I could do that as well. Mm-hmm. They they are empowering the working people to be more involved. Yeah. Because that will always be our downfall. That will always be the thing that really knocks us down is that we don't commit to something that is that is bigger than than our own lives, mm-hmm. even if we're in shitty circumstances. And they were. I mean, ocasio Cortez was was a bartender. Mm-hmm. That lady her daughter died. Mhm. Because they, they wouldn't accept her at the hospital.
1: Yeah, because she didn't have insurance.
0: Because she didn't have insurance. I mean, these are real horrible issues that could cripple somebody mm-hmm. if they if they really let them get to it. But you can take that rage, you can take that drive, that anger to do something and actually implement it. And that was the cool thing about the documentary was that you were seeing it in full force. Yeah. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was a really um, inspiring movie. Mm-hmm. And I even got my mom to watch it who
0: And that's the the great thing.
1: She's so anti politics right now. <laughs> like she just she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. But I got her to watch this and she really she really appreciated it.
0: Well I love I love the contrast of, of before we kinda got a sense that um, often your parents have have more right leaning sort yeah, of politics in in some, w- in some aspects. Yeah. I mean, we we were all as a family rooting for Bernie, mm-hmm. the last election. We were really wanting that kind of of presence in mm-hmm. the White House. And the thing that really struck out about what your mom said was that she thought that Alexandra Ocasio Cortez was crazy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what she said? She was like, No, nah, I thought well, that she was
1: she just kind of said like isn't she crazy? Like, that was the only thing she'd really heard about her.
0: Right, right. And, and I mean, the, the perception that the right is, is creating about her is, is pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Right.
1: And it's bananas. Like, the stuff yeah, they say about yeah. her is just like completely bonkers. Like, yeah. it makes no sense.
0: But what did she say after watching the documentary?
1: She was like, I have a new respect for her. Like, she's brave mm-hmm. and she's strong and, you know, she's so young mm-hmm. and she's just doing it.
0: Right. You know. And that's the amazing thing is that if you can get somebody who disagrees with you on your politics to see you as a human being.
1: Right. And my mom did say that. She said I don't agree with all, you know, all their yeah, politics. Yeah. You know, not all of it, some of it, but mm-hmm. she said that didn't really party wasn't that important. Right. Watching that, you know. Right. And that wasn't really what they were running on. You know, mm-hmm. they were running on these specific issues right. that were meaningful to them and that meant something to you know their constituents yeah
0: and that was incredible yeah because that's the gap that we should be bridging you know the solution has to has to have the left and the right in it mm-hmm. it won't come from one side or the other that's the complicated thing that's a shitty thing mm-hmm. but everyone is too polarized right now to see that yeah or to follow that yeah god damn god damn
1: well, the documentary is really great. It's called Knock Down the House. Yes. It's trending on Netflix. It's super easy to find. It's yeah, like the first one Yeah, it's like the first thing up. that you see. And uh, I'd like to tink to that.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and tink to that. To somebody going in there and wrecking shit up in the political system.
1: Oh, and she's really, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is really good at Twitter. <laughs> if you use Twitter, follow her. Just follow her. Because yeah. she's fucking killing it.
0: Yeah, she's doing good stuff. Mm -hmm. That's how you take on politics in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Just go all out, embrace the technology. People out on Twitter. Yeah, and and you you see the obvious generational divide when there's like old older like congressmen and like like people in politics trying to like attack her on Twitter, and Mm -hmm. they're like, dude, you don't know this game. Just get off Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's not going to end well for you. Yeah, she's proven it time and again. Just go check out BuzzFeed. They're running like half their articles on her right now. Yeah, seriously. Because of all the content that she's uh, mm-hmm. producing for them. Yep. But it's it's great, and and just not it's not just about ocasio Cortez, but it's it also covers like these these other women who are just incredibly strong and 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 really inspiring. Yeah. Very very inspiring people. Yeah. And they they do make you want to be more involved in a local mm-hmm. political scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that we should all be doing anyway. Yeah, but it's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah. See, we're going back. <laughs> she by, says we're slipping. That she glazed
1: off and thinks about how much work that is on top of what I'm already doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, there's there's the uh, the tanks. But uh, is there anything that you want to add tonight? Because it's going to be a quick little episode.
1: No. No, that's good.
0: All right, babe. Let's call it. Okay. All right. Have a good night, folks.
1: Uh, subscribe, rate, and review Yeah, the podcast. Um, email us at ourkidsasleep at gmail.com.
0: Help us be found on yeah. the internet. Let your friends know.
1: The more reviews we have, the more people can find us. Yeah,
0: and soon enough we're going to be having some more guests, so keep an eye out on that. And uh, have a good night.
1: Have a good week, guys.